Welcome to episode 111, 111 of Bono's Health. And this one's a little less health focused, but I do challenge Jenny and we get into some cool pieces around health and the healthcare space. And I try to use her special set of skills to solve the healthcare crisis we are all under. And she shares a little bit of her experience there. So that's a fun part of the conversation that hopefully uh, can help some folks out there. Uh, Her latest book, Free Time, Lose the Busy Work, Love Your Business, is phenomenal. And hopefully this episode really helps anyone who has their own business. And if you're in a business and you have some freedom to control how you set things up, this is the kind of stuff you need to jump on. She is able to share tons and tons of valuable tips. She has two of her own podcasts. I was lucky enough to meet her over a decade ago in the New York City kind of fitness space and uh, befriend her. And, and uh, you know, we had a really cool group of folks back then. So I'm super excited for you guys to check it out this episode. Excuse me. And uh, if you get a chance, share this with at least one person you think will benefit. Uh, like, share, subscribe, leave a comment, rating, review, all that fun stuff uh, that you can do wherever you're listening to this. So uh, it would really mean a lot to help the podcast grow. Leave some feedback if you want to hear certain guests or you think there's things I can be doing better. Shoot it over. And without further ado, here is the one and only super, super joyful Jenny Blake. And I never know when it starts. There it is. Hi there. We are live with... Jenny Blake, getting her dance on. Wishlist is her her walkout song and little bounce. A good one. We'll let, we'll let it roll a little. This is my very fancy audio equipment here. Wow. My eyes. <laughs> uh, we'll leave that run in the back. Jenny Blake, for anyone who's not familiar, uh, is uh, I don't even know. There's so many ways to describe you. Uh, but free time is the latest book. Lose the busy work. Love your business. Um, the basic principle there, I put it in the, the title of the episode is, uh, in half the time you can make twice the money. If you figure out what you're doing, your dog's barking in the back. My dog is actually calm for once. So, uh, that's all good. You're coming to us from New York city. Yes. Uh, where you live with, we, we have a, a long story to tell about how we met and all that good stuff. But, uh, the fun part jumping ahead is we both ended up randomly, I would say marrying Lebanese folk. Um, so I don't know what that says about anyone or any, any which way, but, uh, the real quick story is Jenny, um, was a student of CrossFit, uh, where I was teaching CrossFit in New York city. Um, and I still remember your dislocated finger, um, in <laughs> medicine ball. Um, it was medicine ball, dodgeball, like silliness that CrossFit would present. And, uh, I think you, you came up and you're like, Hey, is this normal? And like, you, you had, you had like a finger injury um from that weird weird game so anyway um i don't know if you're, you 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 seem to have struggle i don't remember that but i remember that crossfit was always tweaking me somehow that was taking me away from yoga and pilates and ultimately mm. my allegiance returned to yoga and pilates because i was mm-hmm. getting things were getting wonky and I, I i wasn't happy about that so that's why i didn't last too long that's all right i'm not probably I'm not. It's, i know it's my fault it was my form <laughs> it was you know but and and that's one thing we're going to talk about today. And I think uh, jumping ahead is is every system is perfectly designed to get the results it gets. So if, uh, you know, my sister just complained, she does a lot of Pilates and she's like, my hands hurt now. I have a hand injury. And I'm like, yeah, it doesn't really train your hands the way it probably should. So it's it's a system designed to get the results it gets. Um, and that that's kind of what I would describe because you don't have an exact like title, which is OK, which is perfect in this modern world. And I think it's a beautiful thing. 
to see uh, working with entrepreneurs, uh, being a solopreneur, uh, and and putting these books together. So let's let's jump back to uh, life after college. So and you kind of were telling the experience you just kind of had, right? You had the folks few steps behind you and and i think sharing sharing the like this is the life journey you're going through and, and you're going to share that then you went over to pivot the only move that matters is your next one um and now free time uh where again we're talking about being more productive and and kind of joining the ranks i would say of a lot of folks you have on your podcast like cal newport and and folks like that um and two very uh popular podcasts uh which again i i'm, I'm similar to you. i do have a second podcast the man better podcast with personal trainer back in new york city awesome um, so that's kind of the story. And so since the only move that matters is, is your next one, I, I assume you still uh, are with that. You've got three books. You've just published this third one, but what's the fourth one? What's the next move? Jen? Oh my goodness. <laughs> well, see what you didn't say is I, I leave five and a half years on average between every book. So I don't put any pressure to know what's next <laughs> until I really see through the current project. And that's hard to do because I think if you're a creative or entrepreneurial person or you like building things, it's so tempting to chase the shiny mm -hmm. objects of what you can build and create. But then marketing and maintaining and growing is a whole nother bag. So it's actually stretchier and edgier for me to try to stay put. I'm telling myself I'm not allowed to create anything new. I'm not even allowed to think about the next book until I really make sure that free time has found its footing. And book marketing can, tends to go in waves slow and steady, just like podcast growth, which I had a friend say to me recently, um, podcasts grow slower than mold. <laughs> <laughs> that made me laugh. That was so funny. It's true. You know, you've read the book. I'm always open to a nonlinear breakthrough. I never want to <laughs> assume something's going to be a long, hard slog or anything. And it's, as you know, Bo, with any journey, especially health and fitness, it's like, it's about putting in the daily reps mm -hmm. and not being overly attached to the outcome. Yeah, and you're one of the best curators of quotes I've ever seen. Um, I have to put you on that pedestal. Wow. Um, and my, my big my big quote that I, I, I'll, I'll throw out regarding that is just get 1% better every day that I try to incorporate. Um, and people always see it somewhere else, and they're like, hey, they're using your quote. And I'm like, I can't take credit for it, even though I, I jumped on it and I use it as much as possible. But, um, yeah, it's, it's funny how, how those things kind of build up, and it's always good to attribute them to folks. But, uh, yeah. And again, if, if anyone goes through the book, again, just uh, if you just go through and read the quotes, uh, I think <laughs> you can you can take a ton away. And then I think you stop uh, telling the, the the Chinese proverb of the we'll see. I, I think listening to your oh, old I podcast, love that one. I know that's it's a one life love, mantra. <laughs> but I, I feel like for some reason I listened to um, <clears throat> when I was listening to the older podcast, the pivot podcast. Uh, I felt I felt like you said that every other episode. Um, and I don't mean that in any kind of negative way. It was a great thing. It just kept coming up, it seems. Um, where, yeah, if you have something great like that, it just keeps coming up and hopefully pushing you in the right direction. Um, and just the equanimity that, but yeah, so when something good happens, like that's great and just don't get overly attached and then same thing on the negative. And for me, yeah, that one's so good. So good. And it's just such a reminder not to stay down. My latest that I keep referencing is from visualizevalue.com. Failure is the frame, not the picture. That if you frame the picture, let's say a stock chart in the wrong place, it looks like a failure. But then actually the chart's going to go right back up. Here's hoping to the moon. Um, <laughs> but but uh, you just can't you can't call something too early. And it's easy to get discouraged in some of these long journeys, like the yeah. long arc of creativity or fitness, all of that. It's so easy to just get 
hit a dip and get discouraged and want to quit. And it's like, don't call the game too soon. <laughs> well, that's the whole Seth Godin, the dip, uh, as, as you yes. even put it in there. Another and gem. so, right. And sometimes it, it is the right decision to quit. <laughs> but you know, I know. Everyone's... See, that's where this gets tricky is like, mm -hmm. someone asked me that when do you pivot? When do you persevere? Like, with all of these motivational mantras, okay, great. But then every now and then you do need to quit and say no and, and walk away. Mm -hmm. uh, and a lot of the, the, the stuff you throw out there to me comes across as kind of a stoic almost philosophy, mm -hmm. dare I say. And I don't know if you're into um, any of the stoic work or Ryan Holiday, any of that stuff, or is that something that you? Yeah, Ryan's been up? on the show. He, mm -hmm. I, I did not, I loved Marcus Aurelius's meditations. I didn't become like stoic obsessed any more than any other kind of wisdom tradition. Buddhism, I would say has stuck out the most and influenced me the most and Taoism. So reading the Tao Te Ching and any interpretations and commentary around that really changed my life in my early twenties. And then a lot of Buddhist texts and ideas resonated with me more than anything I had learned growing up in terms of religion or spirituality. And you mentioned yeah. that we're both married to Lebanese folks. So I also have to say <laughs> Khalil Gibran is an absolutely beautiful, brilliant poet. And you'll see that my my nod to Lebanon was opening and closing the book with some Khalil goodness. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and I, I'll share with you. I don't know if you've ever seen my oh my goodness tattoo. And for no. anyone listening, uh, that's a, a, a modified unilome. Um, so I don't know if you'd recognize the symbol. Again, unilome no. became pretty, pretty popular. It's the the path to enlightenment. And so you have the crazy part. This is the life after college. Wow. These are the pivots. <laughs> and then this is getting free time until you get to so enlightenment. Good. This is the first um, tattoo translation of my body of work I've ever seen. Amazing. Sort of. I, I, I might have, you know, yeah. But yeah. No, I don't uh, mean one would cause the other, but like I've never seen my work as uh, interpreted via tattoo. That's very cool. And it is, it is kind of that life path. And, and uh, you know, every time I look at it, it is like, where am I today? Because I might have fallen back a few steps. I'm like, oh, I need to reinvent my self again um or you know yeah. which pivot am i making um and and that's the one of the things i want to uh get get your expertise on is fixing the healthcare space which is one of the themes of this podcast and so, so something that comes up time and time again i have some of the biggest uh i've been lucky enough to have some of the biggest fitness influencers uh on here and just talking about you know is this a broken system is there hope uh, and, you know, my brain is like, we need a, a Jack LaLanne to rise up, a Mr. Rogers of fitness to, to kind of take the reins. And we just haven't had that. And there's so much nonsense and noise that it would be amazing if we have that. Some other folks have come back to me and saying like, hey, we need nodes and we need people to kind of grassroots, kind of what we see in yoga studios or Pilates studios or CrossFit. Um, but it comes back to, and I don't know if you know the book Upstream, uh, where every system is perfectly designed to get the results it gets. I threw that out there earlier. And the healthcare system is certainly one that is questionable. So I don't know. I haven't. I haven't heard you. I've. I've heard you allude to some healthcare uh, kind of analogies and things like that. Of you know, if, if you miss something in, in a health exam, it's probably you might. Uh, you might have w wasted your time. Uh, you know, it, it, you're not going to really get the result if you didn't get to the heart of the, the problem. Uh, so I don't know how familiar you are with the fitness healthcare space, but uh, since that's a lot of folks that listen here, I don't know if you have any any big thoughts and you can just solve the whole thing right now. No pressure. Yeah. That's, that's what both said before we jump on. I know it's like I wrote business and career books and then I, I, the thing is, I feel like with healthcare in particular, it's become so central these last few years and there has been more stress, more pressure, more divisiveness. 
and, and everyone's talking about at least epidemiology and our health and our immunology <laughs> and our immune systems. And it's funny you mentioned that like we need a Jack Lalonde or to rise up because I do feel like there are some very prominent podcasters who I have to say I appreciate tremendously. And I feel like a lot of the successful male podcasters are quite health oriented, like mm -hmm. that they are really emphasize, you know, habits, routine working out, you see them like hunting, practicing archery, like, you know, crossfitting. Yeah. And you have guys like Jocko and Andrew Huberman and Tim Ferriss and Joe Rogan, who are like the epitome of, I'm not saying in the healthcare space as a whole, but I feel like these are guys who are saying your health and fitness and body, feeling good in your body and being strong in your body, just like you both, like you've been this way too. This is the day I've met you does set such a positive example for the people who are listening. And I know some of those people are controversial, but I just appreciate that at least through the forum of podcasts, we can get exposure and that a lot of the people who are succeeding are the ones promoting taking care of yourself. Now, yeah. of course, there's a lot of like comics and, you know, maybe <laughs> those guys are just drinking, smoking when they record their podcasts. Yeah. It's not the it's not the epitome of health necessarily. Well, that's that's the the great part. And the, and the, the tricky part there is uh, I think folks will take out what they want to hear out of it. And yeah, Tim Ferriss, four hour body seems to be decades ago, feels like. <laughs> but, uh, you know, he did talk about again, it's all about hacking and just trying to get to the that lizard brain. And what can I do if I can take one pill? Oh, it's MCT oil. It's, you know, mm -hmm. coconut oil in my coffee or butter in my coffee. That's the thing. And then those, those kind of fade and wane. And that's the nature of where we are with, whether it's with TikTok challenges and things like that. And so it's an interesting thing that you bring that up because that was the other thing with like Joe Rogan, right? Bring it, saying stuff, just, just being like, oh, and having controversial people on and being like, okay, that sounds reasonable. And everyone else is like, no, no, there's no science. Like we need to trust right. the scientists and, and where can we strike that balance? And so, uh, yeah, it's, I, it's a fun topic. I think what's hard, I think, you know, it's, I'm so glad you brought that up because trust is at stake right now, especially as it relates to health. And, and it's so hard because we don't have a, one mainstream media channel anymore. And it feels like polarization is happening on all sides. And, and, even this phrase, trust the scientists, but it's like, but some of the scientists are paid <laughs> off by the big pharma companies right. and then some of them aren't. And it's really hard for the average person to know who to trust or their trust has been broken by pharmaceutical companies selling opioid products mm -hmm. and getting everybody hooked and having McKinsey inform them exactly right. how to get more people on opiates. It's like, and then they see that destruction immediately in their family. And then they're suddenly less trusting when everyone is saying, listen to the pharma, these angelic pharma companies. It's like, I understand. I'm not saying where I fall on any of this. I'm just saying, I really understand people who become distrusting, or I've had many medical doctors more in New York than anywhere else that don't give a shit about you. They don't care an iota. Like they're just moving you through a factory of their day to day. And like, if you don't stay on it as the CEO of your health and wellness, they don't care. Not every doctor. There are some doctors that are amazing. I'm saying in my experience in 11 years of living in the city, it's been hard for me to find those and hard to connect with them. And it gets really disheartening when you show up to someone you think is an expert or you think should be professional and they're bullying or mean or dismissive. Mm -hmm. Like I recently went in, I have had incredibly painful ear infections uh, three in a, in a row after uh, within about a year's time, I think resulting from 
second generation I AirPods. Anyway, <laughs> I finally, finally figured out who was covered by my health insurance provider, mm. which I pay $1,700 a month for me and my husband. Like I could be buying a used car every single month. <laughs> and I go in, I finally go in and she just looks at me with like complete, almost disdain, like, why are you here? Your ears are fine. And oh, were they really hurting? It felt like someone was just poking me with a knife in my jaw or punching my face all day, every day. It was a 10 out of 10 pain. And here, here I am, finally made it to her office, figured out the labyrinth and to feel so dismissed. It's like, mm. sorry to go on a rant. I'm, now I'm not yeah. talking about fixing the system, but I'm talking about why people become disenfranchised and distrusting. Yeah, no, and it's all super valid points. And this is one thing I preach for folks from this perspective of, of healthcare is the functional medicine side of it, where cost is not is not is what you pay value is what you get. So for the $1,700, you're paying a month, uh, you're not getting a lot of value, it sounds like. <laughs> I'm just and getting like downside protection that oh, if some catastrophic thing happens, we won't go right. bankrupt because of hospital bills. That's, that's right. And, that's and what I, if you're not familiar, and, and uh, there's these things called health shares, which is what I use Liberty Health Share. Um, and uh, at the end of the day, it's I pay 239 for myself. Um, Maha has uh, she, she got real insurance because you know, having a baby is a little more in depth. But um, for me, it's 239 a month. Uh, and that's 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 my insurance. Literally, that's amazing. Uh, of of saying hey and again if you're relatively healthy if you you know the catastrophic piece is much more affordable uh and it's a little bit more uncertain uh and if you know i actually uh, just as a quick aside I, I in new york city walking across the street and i walked into a construction truck um and i had to get 16 stitches here and guess what the medical bill for 16 oh stitches at lennox hill is is sixteen thousand dollars uh so <laughs> Uh, luckily, I had just gotten the Liberty Health Share, I think, six days prior to that happening. Wow. Um, oh, my so gosh. I think I only ended up having to pay about 500 bucks. And uh, yeah, it was it was something uh, that I would say there's these kind of concepts that, again, folks like the Joe Rogans, Tim Ferriss, all, the, all these folks can slowly kind of put out there. And I picked up a lot of these things from different authorities in the space. Um, and, and these different hacks and things like that. So there's something there of, of can we start to elevate yes. the, the concepts? And now we're all learning from you on this show, in this conversation. And I just feel like if you turn on the TV on any, like my when I go visit my grandma or my mom, you turn on the TV and 75% of what you see in here is pharmaceutical mm -hmm. drugs. And I'm not saying there isn't a time and place and very valid, of course, for what you need when I'm taking one now, you know, however, the doctors prescribe them like candy. And I remember mm -hmm. growing up, I had acne my entire teens and into adulthood. And I was prescribed every drug under the sun trying to fix it. And nobody ever asked me, what are you eating? And when I stopped eating dairy later, mm -hmm. when I was like 30 years old, I, you know, probably was doing some keto paleo, one of those. <laughs> <laughs> and I cut out dairy when that was trending. And it went away and same with cutting out sugar. And it's like, but nobody had ever in decades of going to dermatologists, no one had ever asked me, what are you eating? Or what one time they asked, what's your stress level? But that was a non question because I didn't do anything about that. Right. And so I just get so curious, as you said, like of the, the lifestyle piece. And I'm not saying that that's a cure all. 
but the people who care enough to ask or can encourage you and can say, try these experiments with your food or your fitness or whatever. It's so important because it might save you. Like by the time I moved to New York, one doctor was like, you've been killing your liver for five years. And I'm like, <laughs> well, sorry, I've just taken what a doctor told me to take. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And again, it's just such a broken system. Um, so this is the, these are the things in the parts of the conversation I, I love, I love having. And, uh, the big part there is again, the system is designed to save our lives. Uh, it's still one of the best systems. Again, if you have uh, a, you know, you need 16 stitches, you walk in great, you got 16 stitches yeah. and hopefully you have something there that doesn't bankrupt you. Um, you know, if, if you have cancer, there's definitely a lot of solutions and they're, they're probably doing the best they can to, to get you fixed from something like that. Um, but it's a huge difference between surviving mm -hmm. and optimizing or thriving, which is back to your book, a lot of what you're talking about, right? Like, and, and as you, um, I think often allude to the e-myth, uh, and, and Dr. Gerber, uh, of, of, are you working in your business or are you working on your business to give you that ability to step back and find a way to make twice the money in half the time? Um, and so I don't know how you feel about the cost versus value thing. Um, but yeah, is that something you, you resonate with? Yeah, I mean, and also if you're running your own business, revenue versus profit as well, like really, a lot of business press talks about these big fancy revenue numbers. But it's if you really talk to the owner, sometimes mm -hmm. they're working twice as much. Right. Um, and they don't, don't see their family, they're stressed, their health is impacted. And so you never know someone could be earning $10 million, but they're completely stressed, they're overweight, they don't see their family and their take home pay as the owner is mm -hmm. 200 grand, let's say, right. And then you could meet someone who's earning 600 grand, and then their take home is 350. And they only mm -hmm. work 10 or 20 hours a week, and they see their family and they take care of their bodies. So I, right. I definitely am into kind of ex exactly as you said, like examining, you know, cost and value. And yes, I, I also look at who's profiting from this or who's profiting from the pressure you feel like the fact that we all feel pressure to be on social media because that well, everyone else is doing it. And that's how to be successful in your career. Who's profiting from that? Well, the social media companies, for one, mm -hmm. the advertisers who pay to get in front of to get your attention, to fracture your attention. And it's not again, it's not that we can't find things to love. And some people do love like it does bring joy. But I really question and just always want to look at what's the profit chain like you know mm -hmm. you talked about the book upstream and and systems are designed to achieve things and i also think that unfortunately a lot in us healthcare is designed to create profit so mm -hmm. i wish we could have nationalized healthcare honestly like i don't know maybe i'm saying that and i there's some big reasons not to but just when i hear from friends who live in the uk or canada and they it's just so it's just okay. Like you can go to a hospital and you're just not <laughs> worried about going bankrupt. And, and if mm -hmm. things happen, it's, it's okay. You're not in this like living in terror. So I feel like unfortunately a lot gets skewed. We have this great free market capitalism going, but a lot also gets skewed by very powerful profit seeking companies that have huge lobbies in Washington and affects mm -hmm. all of the laws and all of the advertising and all of the approvals. And there was a point during these last few years where I think the hashtag natural immunity was banned off YouTube. I don't know if it still mm -hmm. is, but it's like, what, <laughs> you know, <laughs> we're banning and, and 
like jab or no jab, like we should still mm -hmm. be able to discuss what yeah. also promotes natural immunity. You know, like the fact that that would be a banned topic is wild to me. Yeah, yeah. And I just had Rob Wolf on here is like the paleo guy. Oh, cool. back he was, I and, remember reading uh, Rob's books. Really yeah, nice. and he uh, he's take talks a lot about the political side of things now, and we uh, we got into some of that. And again, one of his takeaways was, yeah, we need people to get involved, and you can really make a big difference. He's got two kids. He ended up moving up to uh, Montana um, to kind of be away from humans more than even before. Where mm. he, he he always says, if I'm near an interstate, like I don't like life. Um, so. Mm you know, it's, it's uh, that, that kind of uh, creation of your own environment, but at the same time, what impact can you have? And within these systems, can we improve them? Because there are a lot of problems. Um, and yeah, to your point earlier, I think Bill Maher and Joe Rogan are two of the only folks I ever really heard willing to step up and uh, on the big, bigger yeah. celebrity front and, and say like, hey, why are we not talking about, yeah, again, healthy lifestyle uh, of like, yeah. these are, it seems to be if you're, overweight and and you're you're unhealthy like you're more likely to have problems and instead of you know saying mask up uh vaccine and again this is not turning into a uh pro con political thing now you said all the keywords time, you're gonna get it banned now uh -huh. it's gonna shut down while we're live <laughs> <laughs> um my friend yeah, and i try to avoid all the keywords you know we have mm -hmm. like secret words because we're, we're yep. like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's say communism, socialism, what, what other ones yeah, right, can you right. throw out there? You already said vaccine. Um, I mean, now Yeah, now Marjorie Taylor Greene. This is going to self-destruct. This video is not even going to make it into any sort. <laughs> you're, you're, you're getting shadow manned as we speak, Bo. I'll, I'll take it. It's fine. It's not the also, end of the world. Also, I feel like um, your listeners should know that my, well, now husband, I'm pretty sure he's the one, or my friend Adam, but they, we nicknamed Bo Boceps because of his mm. fantastic biceps. So... <laughs> A little gun show, little um, yeah, non-controversial gun gun show. So you can all call him Boceps too if you want to yeah. adopt our uh, <laughs> our nickname for our beloved Boceps. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, but yeah, I appreciate I you sharing that. There. Yeah, yeah, thank you know, you. gotta embarrass you, you at some point. <laughs> and yeah, for folks. <laughs> Uh, we didn't talk about how we actually met and yeah, it was through this kind of CrossFit space and, and uh, a few mutual friends, including Brooke Seam being part of that whole uh, yeah. community. And, and you just had her on your podcast. She's coming out with a book, um, May Cause Side Effects, and I'm having her on next week. So I get a chance to read her book. <laughs> um, awesome. And uh, yeah, uh, it's, it's a, a really cool concept. And again, if anyone goes on Jenny's podcast, the, the list of guests and folks that have clearly become good friends of yours through mm -hmm. uh, this world is pretty amazing. And uh, it's one of the reasons I love doing this podcast because I get to connect with, you know, be, yes. uh, be your, if you put yourself in the room and you're the, you're the least intelligent person there or the least interesting person there, um, you know, you tend to rise up and that's kind of the, the, the aim, I think, uh, of, of some of these things. But you, you're, you have such a cool all-star cast around you. It's, it's pretty amazing. And uh, it's been very cool also to see Having known you for over 10 years now, I guess, around 2012. Crazy. Yeah. Um, wow. Around then. <laughs> um, and just seeing the journey and seeing how you've certainly, uh, the, 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 the personality, the joy has always been mm -hmm. there, the, the bubbliness, I guess, that, that Jenny brings. <laughs> Thank is, you. Uh, that positive energy. But at the same time, I could certainly see, uh, even as successful as coming from Google and, and uh, you know, moving to New York, uh, it, it's really cool to see. I uh, just want to throw that out that, it, you know, you can see you're much more calm, <laughs> much more settled. Oh, um, and there's like an evolution that, that uh, 
you know, even folks who I guess can go back and you, I, you know, looked up your TEDx talk from 2011, I think. And uh, oh, it's yeah. kind of cool to see <laughs> the, the difference. In, Super embarrassing. In... <laughs> and, but yeah, we want to be, and that's, that goes back to that journey piece, right. And, and, yes. and just where you are and being able to uh, reflect on that and uh, know that each of those things kind of brought us to different places. And uh, yeah, just to, to uh, not lose the thread real quick on the, the piece you talked about of, of nutrition and, you know, nobody asked you ever about, uh, you know, dairy and, and, and things like that in terms of your diet when it comes to your health. It, it is one of my favorite quotes is let food be thy medicine, which goes all the way back to Hippocrates, yeah. kind of the father of, of modern medicine. And uh, there, there's some really powerful stuff there where if we, uh, you know, going back to your book, and I want to give you a chance to kind of tell folks a uh, big take home message about the book or why they should get it. If they uh, are wasting a lot of time, talk a lot about automation. I just listened to your episode about CRMs. If I'm sure folks are familiar oh. with that out there. Um, and, and so, yeah, I just want to throw it back to you to, to ask, you know, um, if you have kind of closing thoughts, I want to be respectful of your time. I know we're coming up on time a little bit too. So, well, so much good stuff in there. First of all, happy 10 year friend anniversary. Oseps. <laughs> it's been a delight to watch your journey as well. And I just love how you've always shown up as a leader in whatever space you're in. And you're always as well, like creating things and putting thought leadership out there. And you're such a brilliant guy. And I was lucky to get to know you long ago. And actually you're right, because after I knew you, I had a big, like, I feel that I completely, I had a breakthrough. It was in my early thirties. So it was even maybe, you know, many years after you and I were seeing each other more often. And, um, finally I, I went through a really tough time. I call it like my apocalypse year and all kinds of crazy mm. stuff was happening. But then on the other side, I suddenly had this sense of peace and of course, I read a book called Outrageous Openness that really had an impact on me at that time as well. And the more I started to surrender and let go, all of a sudden, I just felt it didn't happen instantaneously at all. But I got to a point of equanimity where we started this conversation and where I could just drop. I had so much anxiety in my 20s, so much anxiety and worry. And I'm a highly sensitive person. Brooke and I talked about this and introverted and empathic. And I was always flooded by emotion and sensory, everything. I, just my life, I always felt like I was too sensitive for my own life. Like it just kind of hurt, was uncomfortable to be in my own skin. And that changed. And once I'm almost, I'm going to almost be 39 in a month. And when I was around 33, that's kind of when things just calmed down. And for, for the first six months of that, I felt like the other shoe was going to drop because I had never experienced that sense of peacefulness in my mind before. And I was just like, this is too quiet. This is too good. This is this baseline is like too calm. Something's going to go wrong at any minute and knock on wood, like crazy things have happened, but not that daily drumbeat of anxiety that I used to have. And now, you know, the pandemic and like losing 80% of my income in the span of a two week period. There were so many wild things that happened. Lebanon had that devastating explosion and mm -hmm. the revolution. And so it's it's been a tough and trying time. But yes, like having the tools now, and I think that's one of the perks of aging is just <laughs> learning. And maybe it's hormonal too. Maybe some of the hormones calm down a little bit, but having these personal practices to lean on. So you you mentioned free time. And the reason that I wrote this book you shared the piece. How do we earn twice as much in half the time? 
in later years, I added with ease and joy while mm-hmm. serving the highest good, because I realized that it's pointless to even, okay, great. You quit your, your big job, big fancy brand. Okay. You earn twice as much in half the time. But again, if you're still miserable and unhealthy, what's the point? So with ease and joy while serving the highest good, that has been my compass, my guiding inquiry now for 11 plus years through all the trying times. And in this book, I'm trying to give all the systems thinking like the the geeky way to describe the book is it's about operational efficiency, or it's like really kind of trying to deliver. I I secretly wrote the book, I wanted managers to be able to give this to team members and say, here, this is how we work. And not have to train even their team, even if the business owner already knows everything I'm talking about to share it in a way that's joyful and delightful and food. You know, I have a lot of food metaphors like cookie mm-hmm. dough and cake baking and <laughs> popcorn serendipity. Um, but that that's it. Like give us these really practical strategies. And also, as you were saying, like normalizing Tim Ferriss really kicked it off with four hour mm-hmm. work week, of course. And even guys, even David Allen, but for those of us who I call high net freedom, there are things more important than money. And it's Mm -hmm. not that we don't want to earn abundantly, but I feel like the more of us talk about that, we talk about not the hustle, not the grind, not the Mm -hmm. I'm asleep when I'm dead. The other Mm -hmm. side, like, (laughs) let me take pristine care of my body. My body is my business. My body does influence my best thinking and creative creativity. And that if we honor our body and if you want to carve out three hours a day for exercise, do that. And that's the best way to run your business rather than, Mm the other messaging that's really about growth at all costs. So this is also me kind of like trying to put a line, a tally in the column for people who want to succeed, but only with health and wellness and relationships intact. And the last thing I'll say is that you mentioned <laughs> podcasting and network building. I, I, I often joke, and you've probably heard me say it. It's like the only reason I have friends is that I have two podcasts and it's really the introvert's guide to making friends. I know there's so mm-hmm. many shows now, but everybody I know now, it's like, it's just such a great way to connect with people. And so that has been very, very rewarding. Yeah. And it's definitely, again, why I, I you know, I don't, I don't even look at my numbers. Uh, you know, you mentioned, <clears throat> I think a few That's times on, on your show that 3%, only 3% of podcasters actually can do this like at a full time where they're making money on it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's some really cool stuff. And I also heard, uh, you just talked with Cal Newport about, you know, I think he mentioned like pay, you know, if you pay a virtual assistant this much and you start doing the math and instead of thinking like, I need to hustle, I need to do video clips for social media and things like that. It's like, there's resources there, invest a little bit of money there, invest a little bit more money in your, in a personal trainer. Now your body's fixed in so many ways, again, to bring it back to my kind of side of things is. Uh, I yeah. see a lot of folks who have been sacrificing the last 10, 15, 20 years yeah. um, around my age, our age, I guess we're about the same age, <laughs> is, uh, is of, you know, they, their health is not where it needs to be. And and they're just mm-hmm. on that grind of, you know, I just got to, I got to provide for my family and that kind of thing. And uh, it's, it's definitely ways where we can be more efficient. And that's where, uh, again, I tell folks, if you work with me for six months, not only are we not going to have deals, problems with your symptoms, uh, which is what folks are happy to pay. Like here is a big thing, $6,000 chiropractic traction packages where you go three times a week, which drives me crazy because they don't get the outcomes, which is really what we're talking about here is what's the ROI? Where, what, what's the bottom line at the end of all that? Um, and creating the systems. Another quote I'll attribute to you is train the system, then the person. 
Yes. Um, and so it's, yes. it's, if you just go and, and you're doing passive modalities, you're like, crack my neck, make my neck feel better. And we're never giving you the system of, hey, you have to do this every day. You have to change the way you eat. You have to change the way you breathe. Um, the way you sit at your desk. You, all, all of it. Yeah, there we can go down. I can list off the Not looking things. at your phone like this, you know. <laughs> So yeah, uh, we are coming up on time. I want to be respectful of your time, but uh, uh, I, I think we solved it. I think we did it. Uh, Jenny, thank you. We, we, we solved all the healthcare. Um, <laughs> You're uh, funny. Hardy, hard, hard. I feel bad. I only ranted. See, I never get to talk about these topics because, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm mostly like business career type shows. So mm -hmm. I'm sorry if I ranted too much about those topics. You, you, you asked no, me to solve the problem. And instead, I just got on a soapbox. Sorry. And, but that's the reality <laughs> of, of the situation is there there is a big problem. And, and even folks like you who have all these awesome tools um, are struggling with this system. And it's such a big juggernaut of a system that it's it's hard yeah. to um, and like the fact that you didn't know about health shares concerns me, Jenny. Um, but, but it also, again, heck? speaks to, uh, and I'm actually going to do a video in a bit, uh, of how every woman, and I don't know if you've ever done this and you don't have to share this now, but should go see a women's health, uh, pelvic specialist. Uh, and mm. most women don't even know that exists and don't realize mm. like, Hey, if I invest $150, even if you're paying cash base and the insurance doesn't cover it, like you're going to get more in two or three sessions, uh, with an issue that you probably deal with on a daily basis. Uh, and, and again, with it, even with the CrossFit is, you know, a lot of women pee when they do double unders. I don't know how we got down this path, but it's just something I, wow. I, uh, <laughs> Interesting. uh yeah. Women and, and who've already had children or just anyone. Especially, anyone. uh, it, both. Yeah, it a lot of people both, say they struggle after they have kids, like sometimes. Definitely just, much more common yeah. after, yeah. um, and again, going through, uh, the, the pregnancy process with my wife, uh, obviously yeah. bringing a lot of this stuff to my uh, I, I knew about it. And, and again, it was just never something I was going to specialize in. Uh, but <laughs> it's something that I do think uh, is vital to to say like, hey, like, everyone should be aware of what effect dairy has on them or gluten has on them. Yeah, and it's not sugar. just yeah. uh, and sugar and all that stuff. And so there's ways to do the N equals one experiment. Um, and I'll leave it on that because uh, uh, I can keep rambling. But I do want folks to make sure they can find Jenny uh, because we have two minutes left of her time uh, and we want to be respectful of her free time okay, and, and how she sets up her systems uh, to make sure we're very crisp and precise. So I do appreciate you coming on, Jenny. Anywhere else, uh, I'll have all the links for you in the show notes and she's very Googleable. Um, so any, any, any other last five second words or wow. <laughs> places? I would just... Last thing is also alcohol. I've become more aware, thanks to the Whoop Tracker, that mm -hmm. it's a dramatic decline in sleep quality when I have one. Yeah, there's mine. Yeah. And uh, that was fascinating to see. I always knew it's probably not great for you. But now I, I, I actively decline even a glass of wine or something because I know what's going to do to my sleep. So that was another really interesting learning of just the last few years. Uh, thank you, Boseps, for all the great questions and conversation. This has been so fun. Uh, and then, yeah, listeners, watchers, wherever you listen to podcasts, you can search for Pivot with Jenny Blake or Free Time with Jenny Blake. And and a, one last yeah. shout out or thank you for putting me on to, was it pod.link? The yes. that one? Super, yeah. super useful. And again, in this wonderful world where we can just keep finding and, and uh, figuring out which things are actually useful to hold on to, that's been super useful for me. Of uh, and, and folks can, you can have one link. For all all the platforms and it kind of I'm like yes. I don't even know what half these icons are of what platform this even is but 
because it's hard. That's the thing about podcasts. It's really hard to share them with friends because mm -hmm. if you send someone a link to Apple Podcasts, but they listen to Spotify, they just mm -hmm. go, uh, they close the yep. app right away. Yep. So pod.link allows you to find a show, <laughs> send your friend the episode, and they can open the episode wherever they prefer to listen to podcasts. So it's really good. And if super, you have a show useful. like Bo, don't forget to customize the link. Go down to the very footer and customize for your show. Do that. Thank you for the <laughs> reminder. On that yeah. note, guys, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll cut it out because Jenny's got to go. Uh, but hopefully we'll get a part two sometime, sometime when she has yes, free time. anytime. Free time. I would love that. Uh, anytime. All right. Well, thanks again, Yay. Jenny. And folks, thank you. Thanks go check for her out and, watching. and go figure out how to save your time. It's the most important <laughs> vital resource that we have. That's right. So do that. And Before you take off, sorry to steal that from Tim Ferriss. Don't forget to share this with someone you think will benefit. If you know any entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, folks moving in that space, I think this is a phenomenal episode for them. Share that with someone. Uh, leave a comment, rating, review, all that good stuff to help us grow. It means the world and have a healthy day. Hey, welcome to Bo Knows Health. And I wanna answer a question. I'm gonna try this really quick solo cast short format. If you have specific questions about anything orthopedics, musculoskeletal, we are the physical therapists that want to provide you with the answers. Here I am, let's talk. We are talking about foam rolling. Where does it fit in the equation of our human bodies and our movement routine, whatever that is, exercise, yoga, Peloton, all that fun stuff. So foam rolling coming up because I got a few questions recently and we're gonna address them. The two main ones, saw a rugby guy, older fella, and I said, show me what you're doing on the foam roller. And this is something I see all the time where he's just kind of rolling up and down and not really making change. That's one of my biggest, biggest, biggest pieces here of we have to use this tool just like anything else. It's a tool and how we use it. So when someone says, is foam rolling good? The answer is usually gonna be, it depends about most medical questions. So what does the research say? Oh, so before I jump there, the second part uh, was I have a client online and we're gonna answer this question too. Uh, back in New York, a good old football buddy of mine. And he said, why does it hurt so much? And does it have to hurt? Um, and he's like, I, if it hurts this much, it can't really be good for me. So I want to address this and I'm going to send it to both of these guys. <laughs> um, number one, what does the research say? The research is pretty unclear and I'm just throwing that out there because I do consider myself a very science-based guy, evidence-based guy. The further I've gotten into my career though, the further away from school I've gotten, uh, the more studies I see, the more kind of skeptical I get. And it's not skepticism. It's really just... Research is not designed, the more I understand and understood and, and looked at studies, the more I understood how difficult it is to standardize things, to say, let's look at does foam rolling work? That's a very complicated question. You have to go get human subjects. You have to go and track them. And are you tracking them for you know a 30 minute visit? Are you tracking them over the course of a few months? Um, it's, it's a very complicated thing. So research doesn't have very clear definitions. All right, uh, so let's go back to the proposed mechanism. And foam rolling might not be the thing, but let's switch that language to just smashing the tissue. At the end of the day, if we're talking about, let's let's use the quad for the rest of this chat. Um, so the quadriceps muscle, the thigh muscle, the front of the thigh 
is something we need to clean up. And the way I think of this is the tissue health. So the tightness we feel in our IT band, very common for runners to get IT band syndrome. And for those muscles to just to tighten up as we sit a lot, as we do not go through full ranges of motion, this is what I see all the time as a physical therapist, as a personal trainer, whatever role I'm under, the bottom line is these tissues get tight. Think of it as the tissue is the same as whatever you're wearing right now. If you're wearing shorts, if you're wearing pants, if you're naked, good for you. But if you're wearing something, think of that pant and I'm just kind of rubbing my pant leg right now. And if it's that tissue or the pant is not able to move, it's either too tight, it's very old, it's restricted, it's stiff. That's what ends up causing knee pain or hip pain. All right, that's the tissue we're trying to affect and create change with. So. Uh, does it have to hurt? I believe that if you're just rolling up and down like my rugby friend, you're not really making change. So it does have to hurt, in my opinion. There has to be some level of discomfort. And if tissue, again, that, that theoretical wrinkly pant we're talking about, that's under your skin, right? The, the IT band, the fascia, all these kind of fun terms. If that is restricted, if it is painful to pressure like foam rolling or somebody putting their hands on you, a massage therapist, a physical therapist, um, that tissue needs some kind of pressure. You need to learn to breathe into that pressure. Is foam rolling the ultimate answer? It might not be. There might be better ways. There's ways to improve how well it moves, but just like most massages that we get can feel really good and can move us in the right direction, they're not the ultimate answer. No one has ever really walked away from a massage in my experience and said, hey, I'm healed. Maybe it has happened, but it's probably rare. That's not the intention of the massage, right? So when you're foam rolling, the big thing I wanna finish up on here is it should be pretty unpleasant. So we're not talking about a 10 out of 10 pain, right? Maybe a seven out of 10 pain needs to get hit and you need to stay there until that tissue kind of releases and you can learn to breathe into that. And I talk about breathing all the time, uh, just to finish on the breathing piece, right? If you can breathe in a position, especially when you have some kind of pressure, and again, let's say I, I poke and, and put a trigger point or whatever we wanna call it, and it's a seven out of 10, and then you learn to breathe into that, your body will adapt and you're gonna make change. It's all about the brain feeling this, breathing with it, saying, hey, this is not a threat to my life. This is not a major threat. I can relax into it. That tissue will relax. And now we are manipulating the Play-Doh, the, uh, the fascia, again, the, that wrinkly pant, and we are loosening that up. So to, to summarize, foam rolling is a tool. I use it often as a physical therapist, as somebody who's pretty active, as a recovery tool. Sometimes I put a 53-pound kettlebell and I need something that heavy to really even, you know, massage that tissue on my quads to really make a change. And I just hang out there and I breathe into it and I try to stay there at least 90 seconds through a bunch of really big <sighs> breaths. So if that's something that makes sense to you, try it out. A lot of this is assuming you don't have any other major thing going on, right? You should always get checked by a physical therapist for any musculoskeletal issue. If you get checked by an orthopedist, your general practitioner, all those other things, that's great. 
we can always have more conversations, answer more questions. And I'm going to leave it on there, guys. I hope this helped you get 1% better. I hope you had fun with it. If you know anyone who foam rolls and wastes time by just kind of going up and down and does it in their warm up, stop wasting time. Send this to them. Let's have this conversation. Let's dive deeper into the science of what might actually be happening underneath that kind of wrinkly pant and if we can iron it out. So, let me know what you think. If you like these shorter episodes, I'm happy to make more. If you have questions specifically, I will definitely answer them as best as I can. So let's talk next time. Get 1% better. Share this, like it, comment, rate, review. Peace out. Love ya.